Today's sermon was born in 1979, not the actual sermon, but the principles. As a young Christian, it was in my first year, Yehovah, a Christian. I got saved in 1978, the 5th of August. And then around April, May of 1979, I started having a very serious challenge I didn't know how to deal with. Where I grew up, Korokville, there's an altercation and a skirmish between our family and one of our, the families in the neighborhood. And how it came about is that one of the young men in the neighborhood had a liking for my sister. <laughs> he had a crush on her. But instead, instead it instead, He literally stalked my sister. and She only noticed afterwards that this guy was stalking her. So she then told my dad, who in turn went to the father of the boy, as we do in African culture, to say, Mwanahau is stalking my girl. Unfortunately, the mother of the boy, instead, Adilekan Tohantle, she decided to, I don't know how you say it in English, to go up with the calf. <laughs> and she, she came up to my mom and over the fence insulted her, used such vulgar language that I've never heard before. So here I am as a young man, coming back from school. I walk in the yard, go high, and then I walk right in the middle of this confrontation. I had vulgar language. That was great triple A. I had never heard Motoro Hakanan like that in my life. Unfortunately for me, those words almost stuck to me stuck to my mind to an extent that wherever I went from that day, I would literally hear these words going on in my mind. In July of 1979, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, 4th of July, 1979. Now, I was battling this thing because continually in my mind, I was having these words speaking. And then I remember that month when we were praying in this house in Rappel Lakoyona. One of the people I was with said, I must lay hands on one of the ladies who was there with us praying to pray for her to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when I laid hands on her, I heard these vulgar words directed to her. Now you must, you must remember, I'm a young Christian. I can't, I can't tell you what's going on. And then she didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And of course, as I left, I was disappointed that God didn't come through for her. And immediately, now I know it's the devil. At the time, I didn't know. Immediately, there were these words that said, of course, how can she be filled with the Holy Spirit through a dirty vessel like you? And then the words went on, quoting Matthew chapter 12 where Jesus was talking to the religious of the day, religious leaders of the day, where he said every blasphemy will be forgiven, even blasphemy against the Son of God, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And this word said, you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. There's no forgiveness for you, you'll never go to heaven, God has rejected you, and all of that. Now, the sad thing for me is that I never verbalized any of these words. Those words were just in my head, in my mind. And for three months, three solid months, I battled with those words. To an extent that when I was with people, with my teachers at class, as they were talking to me, the words were insulting them. At home, this thing was insulting my parents. And I didn't know what to do. So I then asked my, my friends, my Christian friends, what must I do? And I'll be honest with you, the advice they gave me didn't help. Because some of them said, pray more. Those things don't get changed by prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, why would you do so? Those things don't get changed by prayer. But then one of them, in, in an attempt, humpa advice made it worse. He said, you see, he had somebody when you're a Christian, you know, as you grow in the Lord, God increases your tests. He said, this test is the one that's good for you. That's good, but that doesn't help. Thankfully, I got to hear about a man by the name of David Nunn, who's an evangelist, who wrote books. And I ordered these books to hire, though he used to talk about prayer. But as I checked on the catalog, I noticed that there were other books that were there. So I ordered several books. Two of them in particular, one called Declarations of Faith, the other one called Confessions of Faith. When I read these books, I then found out several things I didn't know. First of all, I realized that I need to look at myself through the eyes of who I am in Christ. You see, some of us, even if we have received Christ as Savior and Lord, we are, be, we are behaving like God hasn't changed anything about us. And even in the way we talk about ourselves, even in the way we handle ourselves, it's almost like we are still the same old people. This is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's have the scripture up on the screen. It's eerie. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? He is a what? I can't hear you. He's a what? He's a what? Then it says what? All things have done what? All things. All things have passed away and then behold. Now, let me ask you a question. Did God mean what he said? Huh? Huh? And you caution. Did God mean what he said? Old things are what? And what? Behold. How many things? How many things? How many things? I said how many things? 
Let, let's have it in the Amplified Bible. It says, all things have become new, but the Amplified Bible explains, Huri, your old moral and spiritual condition, your previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. So once you receive Christ, there's a change that happens in your life. So when you receive Christ, the old moral life, what do you mean by moral life? Your sinful life? You were someone who is dead spiritually? Huh? You used to do things, you were evil on the inside. According to the words of Jesus, we are children of the devil. We were not born again. All that has passed away. Something new has happened. We are God's children. Is the old moral life and the spiritual life. Spiritually now, you are a child of God. In fact, in the Old Testament, Mudimu we bear this way. Ure, ketansa piloyalijwe. Huh? In the book of Ezekiel, So it means this heart that was evil, this heart that used to do evil and think evil and, and conjure up evil, that heart, we've had an open heart surgery. Spiritually. And God has replaced that old evil heart. So, Mama Lambazalan. In essence, once you receive Christ, God changes you such that you are no longer the same person. Yeah. Now, let me qualify. That doesn't mean you will not want to do the old things. Because of the thing called the flesh, which we must discipline. All right? That doesn't, so it means when it comes to God, there's no way I can curse God. There's no way I can say evil things. In my heart, there's no way because I am a changed person. I may want to do it in Tzachala, but there's no way. Really, there's no way. On the inside, I'm a new person. That's the first thing I learned. You know, sometimes the way we talk about ourselves after we are Christians, we talk about ourselves as though nothing has changed. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a changed person. If you have received Christ, you are a changed person. Yeah. The second thing I learned is that when you receive Christ, there are certain benefits that became yours. All right. Through the death of Christ on the cross, there are things that Christ has bequeathed to us. For instance, in the natural, when people are alive, they write this thing called a will. Right? And in this will, but the day I die, these things turn or whoever. That's a will. So in Christ, there's a, there's a will that was written. Are you understanding me? So he died on the cross, and after his death, that will became ours. And that will is everything that is contained in the Bible. Let me tell you how that will is captured, how it's written. All right? When you read... The book of Philippians, and by the way, these books are Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, uh, Galatians, Elders, <laughs> these are the different churches of people who were already born again. These are people who have received Christ. And one of the things that Paul tried to do when he talks to born again people is to tell them what belongs to them. Many Christians don't know what belongs to them. See, God said it in the book of Habakkuk. He said, my people, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
What you don't know, what you don't know will destroy you. Yeah. So when Paul wrote to the, to the Romans, the church in Rome, to the Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, Colossians, Thessalonians, when he wrote to Timothy, when he wrote these letters, when you read these letters, Paul uses the expression in him, in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. And how you use these expressions? He's trying to tell you, Hurry, by you receiving Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and by him dying on the cross, he made certain benefits available for you. Right? So the Bible has got many, many of these things that cover your spiritual life. If you are a child of God, spiritually, you are a new creature, you are born again, demonic spirits can never come into your spirit. So what's wrong with you? Because you don't understand who you are in Christ. Spiritually, you have, according to Galatians chapter 5, you have the fruit of the Spirit that can grow in your life. They are there, but you can grow them when? Alright? Secondly, physically, the Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus we were healed. Jesus purchased divine healing for us. Healing is your right. Oh, you're not hearing me, Basala. It's in the will. It's in the will. Check your will. Check your will. It says, it says, it, it talks about how by the stripes of Jesus you were healed. It says, himself, himself, he just on the cross, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And by his stripes we were healed. So, so healing is your right. It's your benefit. Now I'm not saying that you'll just get healed. No, you've got to believe what the word says. And receive what God has given to you. What about in terms of protection? God says it. God says your enemies will be my enemies. He says, if your enemies come out against you one way, I'll cause them to flee before you seven ways. He says, vengeance belongs to the Lord. Ah, yeah. oh, am I talking to anybody? He says, if God be for you, who can be against you? So I don't have to try and beef up my protection. And I'm not talking about security and all that. I don't know what I'm talking about. But there's people who go and put things under their pillow, hang it somewhere, put it somewhere in their body because my are safe. Ah, Because of Jesus Christ. And I don't have to pay one cent to go to be safe. What about in relationships? God prospers you. In re- what about in your vision? What about in your mission? What about where you are going in life? Oh, he says, I have plans for you. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I have plans for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a future. I see you are not getting excited at all. Now listen, brother. If you are going through a rough time, that's understood. But it doesn't mean you must stay there. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you understanding what I'm saying? It must, you must learn how to appropriate the promises of God. But then I learned something as I was reading the book of Corinthians. About the mind. 
The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Watch this now. When I read that verse, I thought, all right now, if I have the mind of Christ, where do all these vulgar words come from? If, if I have the mind of Christ, and it's true, where do all these vulgar words come from? Then I realized something that I didn't know. The thoughts that come into our minds have three sources. Three sources. Number one, there are thoughts that come from you. And if you are a real born again child of God, you wouldn't want to think bad thoughts. You wouldn't. Secondly, there are thoughts that come from God. Now, how do I know a thought that comes from God? Any thought that lines up with God's word, any thought that agrees with God's word, it's a thought that comes from God. God will never give you a thought to go and rob a bank. Because that, that, that's not in the Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, oh, Bishop Uruwena. Yeah, well. But then there are thoughts that come from Satan. And that is why the book of, the book of uh, Corinthians tells us to cast down imaginations. And every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Let's go to it. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's have it up on the screen, please. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Give from verse what? Verse 4, yeah. Whoever you are, Okay, go, go. Go and bless you. Also, in unison. I'm glad it's the guys for a change. Let's have it. Okay, it's all right. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? And let me explain to you. I know sometimes how to work at strongholds. People are talking about demons attacking you, Satan. Mara, these strongholds are the strongholds of the mind. According to this verse. Look at the next verse. Next verse, verse 5. Casting down what? I could look and casting down what? Casting down? Casting down? Imaginations are a function of the mind. Imaginations are a function of the of the mind. Casting down what? Watch it now. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So watch it now. Anything that comes against the knowledge of God. Where do you find the knowledge of God? In the Bible. So there are imaginations that contradict what's in the Bible. And, the, and this verse says you need to cast them down. It didn't say pray. Are you there? It didn't say pray. You must cast them down. What does it mean to cast down? To cast down means to throw down. To cast down means to throw down. You must... Zingzo. No? A thought comes when a thought enters your mind and it goes against the knowledge of God. Huh? Instead of dwelling on it, instead of thinking on it, instead of verbalizing it, instead of believing it, just you don't even pray. You don't even pray. No, you don't even pray. We're a fellow. Things on. Casting down what? Imagine that every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into 
captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you must bring your thoughts into, you mustn't allow your thoughts to run wild. Because these are imaginations, these are thoughts that are against the knowledge of God. And these thoughts come from the devil. And this verse says, that is what is involved is what you call spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not chasing down demons down the road. No, it's dealing with the thoughts. Now, it's included, Eli Wamara, really, this verse is talking about imaginations, thoughts. When I read this, I realized, so it means this, the thoughts that come to my mind, I have the responsibility to deal with them. If they are from God, go to the book of Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4. Irin, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Nah, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's not where I'm going. I'm just going through it. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all the understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Next verse. Finally, brethren. Do you have any brethren in the house? Yeah. Do we have any sisters in the house? Yeah. Do we have any brethren and sisters in the house? Yeah. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever is lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Ah, I can hear you hearing, do what? Come on, let me hear you, do what? So, so Paul says, what's good? Everything anymore. What's true, what's honest, what is just, what is pure. Obviously, all those things come from God. Amen. These are the thoughts that come from God. He says, if these things, Dita, think on that. Amen. Think on doing good than being jealous. Amen. Think of giving life to somebody than killing life. What, let's have it in the Amplified Bible. Think on these things. Think on these things. So in other words, it's your choice what you allow into your mind. Now let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. No, 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 no. no. It's a choice what you allow to stay in your mind. Now, you cannot keep thoughts from coming. Thoughts will come in your mind. All kinds. Negative thoughts, positive thoughts, thoughts from you, thoughts from God, thoughts from the devil. They will come. But as to whether how long they stay, you are the one who determines that. But have you ever been in the midst of a powerful service? Yeah, thank you. I need more of that. Because you, the hand clapping is very little these days. Have you ever been in a powerful service that's very anointed and here you are worshiping Jesus? Hallelujah. In the middle of an anointed service. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Anybody knows what I'm talking about? And you're talking about Jesus. And right in the middle of there, just an evil thought, just, just in, the, right in the middle of worship. In the middle. Oh, oh, come on. Some of you, you want to act like you are more holier than some of us. In the middle of. Now, there's no way that thought could be coming from you. There's no way. 
way. There's no way. See, Satan is the one who brings thoughts. Let's have that verse in the Amplified Bible. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there be any virtue and excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. But we, we need to fill our minds. Because this is where the battle is. The battle is in filling our minds with wrong things. That's what God told Joshua. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law. 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 Shall not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Then it says what? Meditate therein. Meditate. Meditate means think on it. Think on it. Think on it. Meditate on it. Not just hanyani. Day and night. We had a, a, a wonderful conversation with one of my sons yesterday, and I was just sharing with him. And thank you for the hallelujah. <laughs> I, the, men, the men are with me. We are here with the men today. We are here. We are here. <laughs> and I was telling him about this concept of taking responsibility for your life. You know, Mazadan, some of you, you want to live victorious life, but you, you, you are eating the wrong diet. Spiritually. I'm telling you. You know, I know young people may not like me for this, but I tell them, I was young too. You, you young people, you think, you think I was born this age. I was your age too. And I remember one of the things I, I, that I struggled with as well in, the, in, the, in 79 was the effects of music. You know, music is very effective. True. Music. Let me give you another revelation. I'll tell you why you don't appreciate it. Some of you don't realize, Hore, the one that we call Satan now, Lucifer, Lucifer, he was in charge of the choir in heaven. When you read the Bible, yeah, he was in charge of the choir. Not only that, the way God created him, God created him with music in him. That's why music was satan. I know you don't want to accept that, but ketabua. Ketabua. Yeah. 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 But Salana, music, this is what is proven. This is a scientific fact. This is a scientific fact. Music has the ability to go past your conscious thinking. Go into your subconscious mind. Deposit concepts in your subconscious mind that you begin to act on. Go, go and check it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you. M music can be used to make you feel in a certain way. And to lose your defenses. 
to lose your defenses and lower. So when you listen to rap music, hip hop music, they curse. They, they promote drugs, sex out of marriage. They promote rebellion. Now, here's what I want to ask you as a Christian. What business are you having? Pumping that stuff into your mind, into your heart, and then you wonder why you are struggling with certain things. You don't like my preaching. That's fine. You know that. That's not going to stop me. When I was at Bible school, in the first year, there's a, and I must mention it, he was a white guy who was our colleague. He used to give us a lift to go Park Station because I used to study, go to Bible school at, at night and our Bible school in Efela around quarter past eight, half past eight and we had to, you know, and it was in Runback, you know, along Jansmats Avenue, not far from the courts, you know those courts in Runback? That's where Rema used to be at the former Tony Factors. So after school, we'd have to quickly get to Park Station because I used to commute by train. So, you know, every day was an event. Every day we asked for a lift. We had different people transporting us. But this guy, for a while, he was the one who was the, the constant transport. You know, No, no, not my surname. I'm just saying Kesson. That's all I'm saying. One day, he used to be a quiet guy, very quiet, very, very withdrawn. And let's remember, then it was my first time to be close with white people. I didn't know them much. I knew them from far. So now we are in school with them. We sit next to them. We are studying the same material, all of us. Even if really our fella, they're still apartheid. It's strong, Namara. We're in the same class. So for me, it was a very curious time because I was working at Rema, which was 99.999% white. So I was among white people all the time, and so I'm observing. And I'm realizing, I see you young people are surprised at me. You must ask our generation. White people were an enigma. You thought they're different to you. Then you find out, no, they eat like me. They burp like me. They go to the toilet like me. They're just like me. I mean, there's nothing different about them. But then I started realizing they're struggling with the same things we struggle with. This guy was very quiet, very, very quiet. And reserved, and he had a, a look on him. That was very strange. Very strange. There was just something. He was nice, here now. Very handsome guy. Very nice. Mara. There was something, something, something. One day, as he was driving, he went onto the curb, onto the side of the road. I mean, I parliament and Arab driver, the old mini, you know this, not, not the mini Cooper Tetalona, the old mini. Nanana, yeah, we used to call it Nanana. Yes, it's a small Nanana car. And I mean, that car is small. When we went on the cab, we, it, it shook the car. We, we hit our heads against the, the, the roof of the car. And then, and then it was like he's coming out of something. And then he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then he got hold of and shook his head. And I thought, what's going on? And then... The following day, he apologized. He said, guys, I'm sorry. I'm still struggling with something that gets hold of my mind. Listen to me. He said, I used to practice white magic. And one of the things you do in magic, the kind he was practicing, 
Because there's different levels of magic. There's magic where it's tricks. There's magic where it's demonic. And some of you, you watch it on TV, the demonic one. It has certain levels where people do things you can't. And people, and, and you know, anyhow, let me come back. Let me not get distracted. So then he told us, he said, he, he, he was trained how to cast spells on people. In short, what's about ponds? So let me ponds. But you have to cooperate with them. That's what Sansu do mail. Because if you do mail, I can't, I can't take your mind without your permission. You must agree with me. They do, they do the same. They do the same. I know you don't like my preaching. It's okay. I'm going to just talk. Then he said he was trained, but what he had to do is to allow himself to be open. Those of you who open yourself up to any influence, could you just open your mind? Let the energy. <laughs> There's a lot of energies out there, but I cannot get energy at all. And he says in the process, now that he's a Christian, he said, Satan got hold of my mind. Demonic spirits get hold of my mind. He says there are times when I just blank out. And they control my mind so much. And I'm trying to come out of that. Then he told us something that scared us. He said, they trained us to know how to play a guitar in such a way that I can get you into a state where I can cast a spell on you. And then he started telling us about the effects of music, which I had studied before. But now I'm hearing a practitioner. He says, we know. Some of you, you don't understand why we encourage you to worship. Is to bring you into an atmosphere of God. Because when we start worshiping, even if because I overtake it, when you get here into a time of worship, there's something about worship, it cleanses you. It is so That's why I always tell our musicians who have a I don't like it. Because they deprive us of the privilege. To have things removed from us. In the Old Testament, when people worshipped, the Bible says the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Music goes into the spirit world. And whatever powers you want to bring onto the scene, evil powers or good powers alike. So when you go to all these evil places where they play all this music that has filth in it, that's why people take their clothes off. That's why you want to go sleep with somebody. You're going to have drugs because this music has gone into another level. That's why you'll find in these places there's such an evil presence where people in unison start doing things that are wrong. Luana, we told us okay anymore. In the same way when you're in church, when there's the music is playing and, and we're worshiping God, all of a sudden there's the anointing of them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's why worship is so important. We're going, to, we're going to share a lot with our musicians this coming year. Because I see some of them don't get it. They don't get it. They think they're giving items. They don't understand the role. If you read the Old Testament, the prophet before, the prophet could operate in their prophetic mantle. They called a minstrel. They called a musician. Because music gets you into levels of spirituality. You are able to bring back the, oh my Jesus. 
So this guy said, he said, even if I'm born again and I'm spirit-filled, I'm struggling because my mind just goes blank. Now, this is a conversation you were having with him in the car. One day, in the Bible school, Pastor Ray used to lecture then. All of a sudden, Pastor Ray, by the Spirit of God, that's when you know somebody is a prophet of God. By the Spirit of God, he stands up and said, that guy over there. And it's the guy. The same guy. He says, come over here. So the guy comes to the front, and then he says, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And boom, he goes to the ground. Now, you must remember, Runa, we know the story behind the story. <laughs> you, you understand? The other people don't, and the other people will won't know. What the brother told us. Now, I have a friend from Malawi, Stephen Mbwana. Stephen Mbwana was in class. And now, he didn't know. He doesn't know about the conversation. But when Pastor Ray prayed for this guy, God allowed him to see into the spirit world. And he says, in the spirit world, he saw a big bird move from the guy's head and fly out of the room. From that day, that guy was okay. Come on, give God the glory. Somebody give God the glory. Now, let me explain. That demon was not in his spirit. It was on his body. You understand? He was born again in his heart. Mara, things that we've allowed can sit on our lives. More so if we haven't yet learned how. So with me, when I read these verses about thoughts, then I started making declarations of what the Bible says about me. I said, no, there's no way I can curse. I have the mind of Christ. There's no way in Karuhakamu to keep seeds. I mean, even before Kibam Zalwanana, my parents taught us not Huruhakan. I mean, why Chansi Kiruhakan and now that Kim Zalwan? How? And I started saying, I have the mind of Christ. I'm filled with the wisdom of God. Christ is a, as I kept on saying that and saying that and saying that, all of a sudden, all that oppression left my mind. Left my mind. And I've been free since today. And I've learned that the mind is the battlefield. It's a battlefield. Many people don't take care of their minds. Many people are careless about what they let into their thinking. Novel Hayes used to say this. You can never get people into victory if they have stinking thinking. And I tell you, Satan will feed your mind. Telling you God won't heal you. There's no hope for you. You'll never be good. You'll never be a better person. He will tell you in your background, you'll never get out of this background. People are introduced to say, open your mind to things. And some of you, mm, you, get into this, you get into these things and you allow the things to come into your mind. And you don't realize what you're doing. And so from today, I want you to do that verse. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. If there be any virtue, think on these things. Choose thoughts that line up with the word of God. Dwell on those thoughts. Let me close, Bazalana, and I'm going to pray just now. One of the things that I learned in 1979 is to place myself in an environment of God's word as much as possible. You know, Bazalana, Renalidi podcasted today or CDs for those of you who are 
or tapes for those of you who are but but uh my my cell phone i well because i'm on a company phone i can use data and the plan i have is to have unlimited data but even this morning i i was listening to a preaching by charles capps yesterday i was listening to preaching i listened to gospel music i listened to preaching all the time all, but i'm telling you all the time all the time if you find mickey one I'm listening. I've got a portable speaker scan. It's a Bluetooth. I've got the headphones. It's a Bluetooth. You see me? I'm, because I've realized if you pump yourself with what is good. Hmm? Yeah. Some of it, even, even certain things that you don't have the capacity to believe for now. If you keep hearing it and 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 hearing it, your faith keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Because faith cometh, faith cometh, faith cometh, faith cometh, faith cometh, faith cometh, faith comes, faith comes, faith comes, faith cometh by hearing, by hearing, not by praying, not by fasting, by hearing, by hearing, by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why when you read the Bible, you'll know Jesus every time he would preach and then pray for people afterwards. Why? Because when you preach, it, it raises the level of faith. So then you can pray for people who have faith. When Paul was preaching, the Bible says there was a guy who had not walked from his mother's womb. He was in his 40s. And Paul preached and it says, and Paul seeing that the man had faith to be healed, he called him and prayed for him. Yeah, that's why you, what you hear, Bazalana, you know, Jesus said it in Matthew, Mark chapter 4. He says, be careful what you hear. He says, take heed what you hear. But we are so careless about what we listen to. And then we wonder why our lives are not moving forward. But I believe today is the change for your life. Come on, give the Lord a big hand if you believe that. Give the Lord a big hand if you believe that. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. It's the end of you. Thinking wrong things and evil things. But if I was you, if I was you, I would buy gospel music. I would buy CDs. I would buy preaching CDs. I would, I tell you, I would surround myself with it. You know why? Because today in this world, you don't have to go into evil things to hear them. They bring them to you. I'm telling you, they bring them to you. How fate I fell our ultra this music. When you go into a taxi, you hear it. When you go into a shop, you hear it. So try to do a spiritual detox. Huh? Do a spiritual detox. Feel yourself. I'm telling you, some of you, your faith level would be different. Your desires would be different. Even your emotions would be different if you were to just fill yourself with words that talk about purity, holiness, loving God, faith. Fidelity, honesty, sticking to your marriage. If you are just to listen to those kind of things. Huh? Honor, respect, uh, love, patience, perseverance. If you can listen to that, it's going to lift you up to another level. My goodness, I see you being lifted up to another level. Oh! You know, Zalana, sometimes by not knowing, you know, we, 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 we get wrong advice from people to get into some of these beliefs and practices that really cause damage. If it is that 
because you didn't know you you just yielded your mind to be influenced and maybe like that guy you got into some of those things now you're battling it's like a a stronghold exactly like it says like holding you strongly now all of us will have evil thoughts that's not what I'm talking about. All of us, Satan will plant wrong thoughts and we just have to throw them down. That's not what I'm talking about. But there are people whose minds have been totally taken over. This is what people don't understand about pornography. You may say, no, I didn't sleep with anybody. But you've given your mind. Somebody... Somebody we kind of say this way, he says, you know, it's almost like connecting to a sewage pipe and dumping all the sewage into your mind and into your spirit. That's what pornography is. And you go on your own accord in the privacy of your life. And there are people who struggle with lustful thinking. You you your mind is just gone. Can't shake it off. You can't look at a woman and look at her with an innocent eye. Could be in other areas. But I'm talking about people who are bound. I've even seen, Bazalan, some of the many, many mental breakdowns we have these days, which has become so prevalent, is because people have yielded their minds to wrong things. People dabble with some of the spiritual things. I know myself of certain belief systems that have been peddled that affect young people in their minds. And because it's all wrapped up in education sometimes. Some of the education. And when they present it, it, it looks so successful because so-and-so is in it. They don't know that you are, you are selling your soul. Selling your soul. And people are so much in bondage that they can't be relieved. There's a, someone I knew years ago was a Christian, but I don't know for whatever reason. They, they wanted more power because, you know, these days everybody wants more power. <laughs> you know, we see it happen even today. Pastors go to certain places in certain parts of the country. Certain practices. Yeah. This man did that. I didn't know I met him. I was young when I met him. He had a thing on him and he but there was something but his influence was so much. Almost like you know, I'm not talking about when God is talking to you and convicting you but it was almost like this guy when you're with him you're under a spell and he could influence you to do things and you and when we are young, and, and I never questioned it then. He was only always hanging around young people. There were no elderly people around him. And even elderly people never went to his church. It, it, I, I never could understand. I only understood afterwards. He got very ill several years ago, and I heard from someone who knew them very close that on the last 
their last days, they actually asked to be transported to another place, another province, because they were going to see somebody. And so this person driving them was wondering, but why what Allah wants when they got there, that's Mamang had passed on. Yeah. And Halla. Yo, How can you go? He died a terrible death. I thought this only happens here until I read the books of David Nunn. Who was talking about a guy in America who lying on his deathbed was cursing God. Because this guy was dipped into these things. And in the last days, these evil spirits would come and strangle him and block his way. Because Satan is, a, is an evil master. He will use you and destroy you at the end. But it all started by people yielding. It, it looks so innocent. You lalakadi oija boards. So you just play around these Smalanyana games. You don't realize you're opening your mind. I'm not saying you have demons, but I'm saying whatever bondage God wants to break. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That word brokenhearted has to do with the psychological realm. And that's because of the anointing. Have the courage to come if you need prayer. Don't manufacture anything. I'm not talking about people who just get evil thoughts here and there. Agabatla, everybody, because some of you, you just come even if when. But indeed, you know who you are battling. You know, you've tried. You can't get rid of it. Come, let me pray for you. Have the courage. Have the courage.